Hey, hey, hey. Welcome, everybody, to Really Charlie Podcast. We're here coming live through StreamYard, Anchor, Spotify, Facebook, and YouTube. Today's guest are the Steel Brothers. We got some of them here, and some of them may not show up, only due to some medical reasons, but we all here. We got Fruity Lopes disappear. How you doing, man? I'm doing good. So, our guest right now is Tony Silva, Michael Kahn, Donald Tavares, and Dwayne Lopes. The infamous, no, nah, I can't say infamous, you know, unless you guys are at Monty's, I must say infamous. The Steel Brothers. So, how you doing, man? Good I'm job. good. I'm good. We, we are. We battling some snow and some cold and, you know, people dying, you know, it's, it's crazy. Yeah, it's crazy. I'm not to deal with no snow and no ice, you know. It's that it's nuts. It's nuts. You know, I was making snowballs. I hit a, I hit a tree a couple of times, you know. The chicken wings, <laughs> <laughs> well, the whole country is crazy, man. Yeah, yeah. Freezing in Texas. We're about ready to have another ice storm today, so you know we got we still got like 1.9 million people without power, man. That's, That's crazy! Wow, wow. You, know, you, you thought you were getting away from all this going down south? I was getting used to it. I was getting used to it actually for three weeks. You know, I was up there sliding around in the ice today. You know, so those folks are blaming you for bringing that back with you. Yeah, I know, huh? <laughs> <laughs> You might as well come back, man. You might as well just come back. Well, they gave me <laughs> practice right now. They gave me practice right now. <laughs> hey, uh, hey, Charlie, I want to I wanna thank you for that last week broadcast, man. It brought back so many memories. Not only that, uh, got a lot of nice messages from uh, family and friends. They, they really enjoyed it. But uh, I don't know. Uh, I think my brain ticks a little different nowadays because throughout the last week of that broadcast, remember different things back in Bay Village, Monty's, and everything else, and all the stuff stopped pitching. I mean, I'm even watching a movie. Remember, Cooley High, right? So I stayed theater back in the day, and I watched Cooley High that I haven't seen in years. And I just busted out laughing because the scene in uh, you know, all kids all around and, you know, carrying on. I just stopped laughing because I could see all those guys and the whole intelligence theater and just kind of laughed at it. But, uh, yeah, I, I appreciate that broadcast was cool, broadcast memory. And a lot of people told me to see for them, you know. So, so thanks a lot for that. Yeah, exactly. That was nice. That was real nice. I got messages as well from people. I was like, you know, Donald, Donald never gave Charlie a chance to talk, Mr. Chat. But that was really good. See, really good, Charlie. Really good. Appreciate I, it. I can't tell. I can't tell the story, man. I can't. You guys got to tell the story. So I'm going to let you go. I'm gonna go let you go for what you know and uh you know but uh 
Sonny and Mike, I'm glad to have y'all here today. You know, um, it uh, it's the it's a so-called basketball version of the Steel Brothers, and um, you know, I hope Eric is able to get online so we can hear his stories too. But Sonny, why don't you share a story with us about the Steel Brothers that is falling in your party? We we could party with the best of them. Uh, racing the clock, we were going to facilities like the, the uh, oh man, Alhambra's or uh, Hollywood's Wharf, uh, and just party, man. And, and the thing with us is, we just went and had a good time. We weren't we weren't a group of guys that going out. And drinking and fighting, we we just went out and had a good time and uh, just enjoyed what life had to offer. Offer. But then if you talked about basketball. Uh, if we were at the park, you know, one of the things that bothers me when, when you hear about Montes is they they uh, think of it as a gang, but Montes for us was was a place where we were home. Uh, place where you can go and play ball. If you don't want to play ball, you're on the wall or you want, you know, watching it. And it was just a, a safe haven for us. Uh, we'd play ball, go home, shower up, meet back up at the park, play some more ball, <laughs> go home, shower up, and then hang out. And uh, But it, it was just uh, – being right there at the village, you know, when, when you hear about it takes a village to to build a character, uh, that's what Monty's and the park did, you know. Uh, Monty's and the village did for us, uh, you know. Uh, the elders, I uh, saw your uncle a couple of days ago, uh, the Bobby Graces and the Paul Gomeses and, uh, you know, those guys – we we grew up watching those guys at this this place that's supposed to be so bad for for us, uh, but again, it, it's where we grew up and we learned a, a lot from the elders, and we we were hoping to pass some of that on to to the next group of guys. You know, uh, that's why we get involved with with uh, teaching some basketball there as well. But uh, with this group of guys. We, we were, uh, I know, always we're, tell everybody. I, I tell everybody that being brought up where I was for any other neighborhood in the world, um, I just love it. I cherish it, and um, I'm pretty sure it's the same thing for you guys. You know, we didn't always we didn't have a silver spoon in our mouths, but you know, it was it was good living to me. So. But we didn't know. We didn't know we didn't have a silver spoon because everybody's spoon looked the same. You know? and, and, yeah. and, and then everybody's house had the same. You know, if you were at Dwayne's house, his mother put the same food out that my mother put out. If you were at Mike's house, Rosie did the same, Donald's. And, and we didn't know we were poor because we all had the same. We didn't know it until mm -hmm. we got out of our environment and then saw, you know, what people thought was rich was, was only financial stuff. Uh, but the true richness came right from our community. 
Now, um, Michael, Michael Khan, the Khan man, how you doing, man? Um, Chris, I, I want to say thank good, you. Man. Khan man. Thank you for being here, man. Hey. Because we, uh, go ahead. Go ahead. <laughs> yeah. Charlie, I want to thank you uh, for inviting the Steel Brothers. Um, you know, um, I've been on the show before, so I'm kind of let you know let, letting the Steel Brothers, you know, have their say. But uh, I, again, I want to thank you uh, for inviting the Steel Brothers and, and all that you do. Uh, you've done so much so far in the community, and y'all going to continue to do that. And your show is seen all over the country, and uh, you're doing great things. And uh, I'm glad, you know, that I could be of any assistance to you. Now, getting back to the Steel Brothers. Um, just thinking about it, I think about the fact that we've been friends for so long. It's it's like over 50 years. And you think about it, you know, everybody is alive and doing well. We lost only one steel brother. That was Jeff DeBarrow. Uh, God bless his soul. Um, and, you know, everybody's doing good. Everybody yeah. is healthy. And uh, I'm, I'm so proud and to be a steel brother uh, because – after all these years, we're still close. And, you know, the words that Steel Brothers mean, the letters that it means, that it embodies, is a real true testimony to how we are as friends. You know what I mean? And some of them never go away. And I could talk all day, but you already know I got a big mouth. So, you know, I'm going to try to keep it, keep it simple. But, uh, big head, yeah, you know, I truly I, 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 I love it. As long as you don't try to sing. So. <laughs> we we just no. You mentioned about Jeff not being here, you know. And, yes, um, he he was he was a good dude, um, just yes. like the rest of you. And I really really appreciate a lot of stuff that he did for me growing up. Um, and it may just be a dude coming on the basketball court, an older dude, and just shooting hoops with me, you know. Like like a most most of the elders did, you know they you guys were good to a lot of us and kept us in line. Um, we don't have you know Eric's not here and Michael's not here, so I want to kind of reflect on on Eric. You know, uh, the dude is is doing some great things. I see pictures on Google and and looking in the background and I see a true bounce backboard. You know. The thing is going all over the all over the country, you know. Internationally, I don't know if it's there. Canada, I don't know if it's around, but it's, it's I'm, I, I'm seeing. Oh yeah, yeah, and and so that's a that's another steel brother is doing some great things, and and um and we 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 I don't I appreciate it. I appreciate what he's doing. I'm so proud to say that. He's a New Bedford dude. He's a Bay Village kid. You know, he's definitely someone that was, uh, you know, around you guys and uh, amongst us. But I'm proud of him, you know. And Michael Grant, another dude. You know, you guys are not, you know, on a scale on different levels with me. You're just on a straight line and and, and good mentors to me. So um, why don't we... Let me see. Let's let's all try to share a story about Eric Brittle if we can. You know, I, I can we'll start I can, off with. Uh, yeah, I can share a real quick one. You said international, Charlie. All right. I was speaking to Eric a while ago, and I believe uh, he was talking with Marcus Holtman because 
Now, Marcus Holman, didn't he play Cape Verdean basketball, guys? Yes, he did. That's yeah. He yeah. Got, you know, he got yeah. his skills from me, Dwayne, right? Yeah, yeah. So uh, Eric had just mentioned <laughs> that he was on the phone with Marcus, and they were going to try to hook up something in Cape Verde Island. So he's yeah, he's trying to venture out there and and head that. So that's a real good thing. Eric Eric doing a real good job with True Bounce. Yeah, Marcus is sure. better than himself in the Cape Verde uh, community. Uh-huh. Uh, going okay. back and forth, and and I'm sure him and Eric will do well out there. Uh, yeah. Yeah. I, I was I was out on a business trip in uh, in Vegas and and riding through, and and I saw Eric's backboards out in the Vegas area, and and that was something great to see because here I am, you know, across the country, and my boy's product is hanging out. In Vegas, man, that that was something. I, right. I, I, I was wondering it. if he ended up. One second, Donald. But I, right. I hope one, I hope he gets one of his back backboards and puts it up somewhere, and maybe some of the NBA players could sign that board, that that glass board for wow. him. So, you know, that would be something that would be priceless later on. But oh, yeah, go nice. ahead, Donald. Yeah, I just want to say, yeah, we're all proud of Eric, uh, along with his great backboards. He's a great man, as we know, good heart, always had a good heart. Um, and and as Eric uh, developed that backboard, I, I had the pleasure working with him and doing some help, uh, helping him out some, uh, driving the backboards to New York and Connecticut and Rhode Island. So I, I did some work with Eric with the backboards. And things Eric always brings up to me and it is it's the truth is that when he first started making the backboards of course it was a new business so he was very nervous kind of nervous about it and he's like Tino Tino man what do you think man is this gonna make it man is this gonna make it and I was like Eric it's a great backboard it works it looks nice I said matter of fact Remember them damn shovel backboards everywhere? If we went somewhere out of town and they had shovel backboards, we would get disappointed. We hated them shovel backboards. Mm-hmm. Yeah. We, yep. we saw them shovel backboards. So I said, Eric, if whoever invented them shovel backboards could make it, these back these backboards are definitely going to make it. <laughs> so, so true. So true. Here it is years down the road, and he always continues to tell me that story. Tidal, you said it, man. Them shovel backboards were, putting, were taking them down. And it's like funny because we went to New York. We put about 15 backboards up uh, at one park. And I'll tell you, we were taking down all shovel backboards. And me and I was just laughing. I said, yep, they're coming down. They're coming down. And you So... So it's a it's a good it's a good uh, you know to see that it's uh, you know he's fulfilling his dreams so to speak. I I even was watching something on Netflix and these detectives were in this uh, yard, uh, well park, and I looked in the background and the kids shooting around and it's true about his backwards. I'm like, look at this backwards on yeah. this movie yeah. on Netflix. Uh, what's the what's the superhero, the black superhero? Yeah, he's he's doing yeah. some uh, yeah. anti-bullying stuff. Uh, uh, exactly. Lucas, yeah. Lucas Cage, Lucas Cage. Lucas Cage. Yeah. There it is. Yep. Ah, there it yeah. is. It was an Lucas episode Cage. of Lucas Cage. Yeah. yeah. Saw it on there too. But yeah, we're all proud of Eric. Eric, Eric's 
he's he's Eric and he's, he's blessed uh, and and we're proud of him. Sorry, he ain't on his broadcast. He was supposed to be here. So I know, I know. Uh, you better have a good excuse. He's going on double secret corporation. <laughs> uh, you know, my recollection, and, and when I think about Eric, is uh, from where it began, and uh, you know, all the trials and tribulations he had to go through to to have them backwards. First of all, made. First of all, have them developed, and then have a patent made, and you know, going back way back when, when he kept always talking about how it was going to be all over the country, and and you know, listen to him, uh, spread his dream. You know what I mean? And, and I'm gonna be honest. At first, I was like, I don't know. I'm like, I really don't know. But I mean, I, I still supported him, and I still believed in him. But that was a, a big overtaking, you know, to do something like that. You know what I mean? Uh, Going against you know con your con your shot was too hot off the glass. That's why. That's probably why. But uh, you know, (laughs) the thing is too um, is the fact that you know, like when Eric was you know going and doing his backboards, Don used to work with him, and uh, uh, I had the pleasure of going with Eric to New York City, and we went into a place called which is now the Rucker Park of New York City, and we walked in there and see the backboards put up. And how they presented it, you know, they filmed it up and they, they, you know, they presented it. And the people in New York City loved the backboards and the, the way they accepted. They have great competition, great. The backboards were great. We had a great time. And there's a teammate of his named Michael Michael Chapman, and Michael Chapman right now basically runs the New York um, side of uh, uh, True Bounce Backboards in New York City. And what they did most recently was they did is they had one backboard go up each day. For 30 days. So they put up 30 backboards in 30 different parts each day for 30 days in a row. You know what I mean? Uh, right now, Eric, I mean, he's trying to go through the NCAA, but he's going through problems with that, getting that, you know, sanctioned. But he's making, you know, so much effort and he has a good team around him. And hopefully uh, it gets placed in a lot more uh, venues because he's, he's in damn near every park in the city of New Bedford, for sure, and in New York right now. And, you know, he's trying to get it uh, worldwide, and hopefully he gets that. We got one We got one That's backboard good. here in a church in Tomball, Texas. They bought it off the internet. So we, we in. We wow. got one. We got one. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Hey, that's... If he hit, if he hits Texas like he hit New Bedford, he'd be rich man, man. <laughs> yeah, yeah. That, that's, that's that's what the conversation was. Let's let's try to get to Texas. Put it this way, Charlie. If he was to get a contract with uh, NCAA just in college alone, oh my God, man. Yeah. that would that would be crazy. And he's actually he's actually working on it. He's still working on that one. <laughs> If what you start, guys probably don't know is that he go ahead, Don. No, I just said if he starts replacing it, uh, them backboards just alone, uh, that's that's will be incredible. Yeah, he uh, he ended up meeting uh, with the NBA, he had a meeting uh, with the NBA, and uh, it, I think he had to go to two or three meetings with the NBA, and uh, of course, it got turned down, but yeah, 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 exactly. So he had, I mean. Kiki Vandeway, yeah, he did. Yes, Kiki Vandeway, exactly. So, too much is not going anywhere. And also, the fact that he's doing is he got his fashion line out too. 
We didn't talk about that. You know, he got his two bounce uh, gear, the sweatshirts, the the shirts. He's got, you know, the basketballs, two bounce basketballs. So he's delving into another arena uh, besides two bounce backboards. So he's he's making his brand more uh, accessible, viable to everything else. You know what I mean? So uh, it's a great thing that he's doing. And I mean, he's doing awesome. the, the uh, anti designing the draws. Design draws. Pecan. Some underwear. I hear you yeah. I might be. You might be. You might be. Why don't you don't take one of your tidy whiteys out, man? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, but you know. I believe Eric is also working on a three-man basketball, right? Yeah, he's yes. done that. Uh, he's done that in the city of New Bedford. Uh, where they blocked off the streets and they they've had tournaments. Uh, but in, in addition to doing all that, he's also uh, running an anti-bullying campaign right. for, for the right. kids, you know? So he's not just staying stuck with, with the, the hoops. He he's expanding. He's trying to reach everybody. Yeah. That's and a great campaign. Let's um, well, let's bully him a little bit. Let's talk about his basketball game. <laughs> you know, was he picked first or was he picked last? How, how what's Eric's game? If all y'all on the court, three on three, maybe that has happened. Um, that has happened. That has- we had three on three down Monty Pot, and it was like a WWF WWA wrestling. I'm telling you right now, we played, we fought, we wrestled, punches were thrown, uh, elbows were thrown. Oh yeah, rock him, sock him, hell yeah. We went to basketball players, we went to football players. Oh, we went at it. It was crazy. We were just talking about this. Yeah, yeah, yeah. We playing, and there was a couple of them older guys that quit. (laughs) (laughs) We saw every Sunday play three on three, the Steel Brothers, and you know some of the kids that were watching used to like shake their heads because man, we'd be like going crazy, hitting each other, elbows, everything. Like like and, Michael saying, like you know, like it's a little battle fight, and, and but you know what? After the game was over, we're sitting on the wall. We got out cool and we're drinking a couple of beers. Like nothing happened, and we were go. I'll tell you, going at it verbally and and physically. <laughs> it was pretty cool, and and that brings me back to talking about playing rough. It brings me back to when we were growing up little, when Kenny Fran, Roger Montero. Edmund Gomes, Stevie Gomes, the, the whole game, Blaine Ferguson, all them guys. When we used to play with them, we were, of course, a little lower than them, five, six years younger, seven. Buddy, Buddy uh, Rocher. Buddy Rocher. Your uncle, David Grace, Bobby Grace. I mean, them guys used to throw us around, man. Throw us around. Jeffy Martin. They used to, I'm talking about, they used to pound us. But then, you know what? It was good because they were doing it for a reason. So as we got a little older and we got to teenagers, well, uh, I wasn't taking it no more, so I started giving it back. I remember me and Jeffy Martin almost getting into it. And then one time, Jeffy pulled me off to the side. as him, you know what? I'm, I'm glad you like the way you are, man, because when you was younger, man, this, that, that's why I've been doing messing with you when you was younger. Just wanted to toughen you up. And all them guys did, Roger. All them guys were tough on us, man. 
Matter of fact, as we got older and we were like teenagers, we would go to different parks to play ball. And, man, guys used to get upset. They'd be like, yo, man, what are you guys playing, man? You're hacking the heck out of us. <laughs> play through ball, you know, just the same thing the older guys did to us. And then we, we went ahead and did it to the guy who's younger than us. So we developed a pattern of just playing some rough basketball. And uh, it was all in fun, though, you know. And I and, and that was some of the things I was thinking about last week after that broadcast. Well, some of the older guys and then even some of the younger guys and how we just meshed all together and had some kind of relationship with sports. And, and Charlie, Donald and I kind of terrorized basketball players at the Bedford High School after football. <laughs> 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 Darius, Kali Martin. Mark, Mark Dias, all of them. Donald Pena, I remember I used to beat them guys up. They would be so mad at me, and then I'd come and say, hey, I love you guys. We're only making it rough for you now because, you know, some of these other guys, they're going to see, you know, they, they're going to be rougher on y'all, so. Yeah. You know. yeah, so me and Carl went the other way. We ended up going yeah. to Stang, uh, and play, we played ball and staying, but but Mike can tell you this much: uh, when we when we caught these guys in the summer league, uh-huh. we put a whooping on them, and, and and we came back to the summer <laughs> league. We we played with some of the some of the other fellas from the community that didn't go to the that went to the high school but didn't play, but didn't go to staying. We played with the Roy Ferguson's. Uh, the Michael Robinsons, uh, Derek Morris was with us. Yeah, a bunch of talented guys, but uh, they, no, they no. played effort. Yeah, I, I remember. Now with Nuno Barrows. Uh Nuno was Nuno was. I wanted to ask about Nuno Barrows and Sonny. Nuno Barrows was Nuno was, was he much younger. Who's that? What? Who, who is? Who is Nuno? I, I don't do I know Nuno. Nuno played basketball for fun. Don't, and, don't you? And for football, incredible, incredible. Uh, he, he, if he played behind Donald at New Bedford High, nobody in the, he would he would have been the best by far in the area. He he was he was the top running back, but his name would still be going on because Donald was a pulling. Line, not a not a fullback. Donald was the whole freaking line pulling, and Luna <laughs> was fast, and he was also quick. Uh, once he hit a hole, he was gone. I, I remember sophomore year, uh, Stang had two hundred and seventy-five total yards, and Nuno had two hundred and forty-two. <laughs> yeah, yeah, I remember. He was a, he was a sophomore. Yeah, Nuno, Nuno was something else. He was incredible. And Sonny, Sonny, Sonny and Michael Kahn probably remember this. Uh, coming out of Roosevelt, like, uh, them, guys were good. them guys were already at Stang. So I went to go visit Stang because I was actually going to go to Stang. And uh, Sonny, Michael, Nuno, they, of course, you know, I'm from the hood, and they take me in, and I'm going to different classes with them. So I'm like, you know, yeah, this is different. This is different. I didn't care for the uniforms and all that, but that didn't matter. Uh, so I was in one classroom, and this girl looked at me, 
and straight out said, hey, you look like you're African. <laughs> what? She said, you look like you're African. So I told Nuno, I'm not coming in. I ain't coming to this school. I'm not coming to this school. I'm getting a fight or something. Girl called me African. And, and, uh, and uh, you know, after New Bedford High heard that I was uh, visiting Stain, that's when they kind of took it upon themselves to make sure I went to New Bedford High. But yeah, I, I mean, that, that's a good story. Sonny was saying, well, I wouldn't say good story because it never happened. But uh, yeah, it would have been fun to play with Nuno because Nuno was great. Like Sonny said, he was I fast, he was quick, he was tough. He had he had all the tools for a great running back. And, uh, I, and, and I can say one thing about Nuno, uh, no, if I could. I don't know if Sonny was at this game. I remember going to a game and it was rainy out. And of course, I didn't have a uh, vehicle. So I, I ended up walking to the game. They played at, I think it was at Dartmouth. And anyway, he broke off an 89-yard run, and they called it back. The very next play, he did the same damn thing again, <laughs> ran it back again. I think that's a true testimony of how good he was. He ended up going to um, Maine Central Institute, where he was MVP. He then went to Laney College in Oakland, where he was MVP. And then he went to Temple University, where he um, injured his knee. But uh, if he didn't introduce his knee, I don't know where he went. He might have been in the NFL, but he was that great of a running back. Humble, yes, he was. very humble. You know, I hated him because Con and I didn't play football, so we were playing basketball. When Nuno came onto the basketball court, he was doing those sprints, gliding, and we were huffing and puffing. Here comes this guy. <laughs> he was just gliding, man. It was pretty, man. Watching him go back and forth. But I, I would have loved to have seen him run behind Donald or run behind that, that team that Donald, some of those teams that Donald played with. You know, two uh, guys, what I was thinking too is uh, Sonny brought the point that he wishes that Nuno had gone into the backfield with Donald. That would have been unbelievable. But I think back to, you know, Sonny and I playing that Stang where, um, to be, truth be told, we didn't, even though we were close friends, we didn't play together on the court. Right. So we really, we really didn't get a chance to play with each other because he knew how I played. I knew how he played. I think I would have made him a better ball player. He definitely would have made me a better ball player. So we really didn't get to show what we could do as much as we did in the summer leagues. And that's what Sonny was talking about. When we play at the park, we play against the best of the best. And uh, we did our thing. And, uh, you know, yeah, I did I we might go on that way. I, yeah, we were kind of controlled. Uh, our style of play wasn't always what they were looking for. Uh, I was playing in a game against Durfee, uh, and I came down the court, and I threw a behind-the-back pass, and something that I did 100 times at Monty's, and my teammate didn't catch the ball, but the assistant coach stood up and yelled, what the hell, you think you're at Monty's? <laughs> Mm. Yeah, that's that. Dwayne, you said it. Ooh, yeah, so, yeah wow. Yeah, wow. we used to get that at any high sometimes, man. You guys, twenties. Yeah, that wasn't appropriate. So, yeah. so Mike and I, true story. You know, Mike and I, we, we go to uh, a game at Holy Family, and we're late. At halftime, half we get summoned into the locker room. 
at halftime, and the coach says, Sonny, you come here, you can shoot the ball anytime you want. Mike, you're going to be on the other side. You're going to go one-on-one anytime you want and bring Derek Morris with you. <laughs> and and we kind of we we kind of thought about it. We actually actually we did go to Holy Family for the first day of school our, our senior year. But we ended up going back to staying thinking if we went to Holy Family we would have got screwed. We would have been screwed out of playing that our senior year transferring at, at that time. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Yeah. I can see that. Y'all, David Lado. Jimmy yeah. Colbert. Yeah. Dave Jimmy. Nightingale, Greg Turner. Yeah. Yeah. They, they had they had a good team. And uh yeah. and we would have been the pieces with them. Right, right. And I think about what if we all went to New Bedford High? Dave Lado and I mean the crew. Yeah. You know what I mean? A lot of these Boston teams, what they do right. is they stack their teams with all these great ball players uh, right. to you know to maybe two or three, maybe four schools. But uh, if we all had gone into Bedford High, sometimes I think about it. You know, um, I, I think I look back at it. You know, I don't I don't have any regrets. Um, you know, things turned out okay for me, but uh, sometimes I think about it. You know, and I I, I kind of wish that uh, we had gotten the opportunity to play with each other a little bit more. And we showcased our talents uh, <coughs> at Monkey Park. You know what I mean? And yeah, we were allowed, I think when we were allowed to to be our, ourselves, we played for for Paul Gones. We played for Nuno Gonsalves. And, and they let us do our thing and, you know, play the game the way that we were we were best at. Uh, Mike, Mike could handle the ball much far better than I ever did. And Mike, when we played summer league, he had the ball. It, everything went through him. And then when we go to Stang, the ball's not in Mike's hand. Or if it wasn't Mike's hand, you know, Mike started as a sophomore. I came off the bench. I started as a junior. He came off the bench. We both started in the beginning as seniors. And then it was – I came off the bench uh, – it, it was to the point, if I didn't hit a shot, then I was sitting down. And Mike and uh, yeah, Derek Morris worked with me. Hey, come on, Sonny, just play, just play. But, you know, when you have that mindset that uh, if you don't perform, you're going to get pulled, that's where I was for half of the season until I decided, the hell with it, I'm just going to enjoy the game. But by, by that time, half the season was gone. But uh, we didn't have that opportunity for me to run with Mike because I knew if Mike went to the hole, if he didn't have a layup, he was hitting me for a jump shot. And Mike knew mm-hmm. where I wanted the ball. And you know, it, it didn't work out that way, though. The um, – I mean, I with Dwayne – Wayne, your toughness must come right from within your house, man. You didn't need anybody else. <laughs> oh, <yeah. laughs> I don't think I – I mean, your mother I said hi to. Um, your brother I was scared of. John I was scared of until I was probably 13, 14. And, yeah, he, he was a rolling stone. They caught me over or something. 
Yeah. Yeah. And, yeah. And then, he's definitely Jeffrey, Jeffrey. Your brother Tony. I didn't see too much of him. Yeah. Yeah. He 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 was that Vietnam guy that you know he doing okay now. I I mess with him sometimes too when he talk crazy. I say that that. Agent Orange, you know, has got you. You need to take your medication, you know. But uh, <laughs> it, it, it seemed like I was really quiet. Them guys, all these guys knew I was quiet. But for some reason, what? When I put a, when I put a helmet on, it seemed like I, I just turned into somebody else, you know. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I, I don't were, know what it was. You were just a good athlete. And, and I, I don't think you realize how good of an athlete you were in those younger years. Uh, yeah, yeah. Because on, on the basketball court, just, just because of your passion and, and your athleticism, you were a beast defensively. Yeah, he was tough. Very and tough. Wanted, oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. And you didn't want mm-hmm. anybody to score, whether it was your guy or somebody else's. Mm-hmm. You always <laughs> You're right, because I couldn't shoot like y'all. <laughs> I couldn't shoot like y'all, so you know I had to do other things, you know, to keep me on the basketball team, you know. Even the way you did with uh, all the seeds in your head, huh? Yeah, me and Dono, <laughs> Dono at halftime. This is a story. I mean, I had a good half too. I, I think I had about seven points. I really didn't score with Derwin and Eric. They were the scorers. And for some reason, I had a good half. I think I had about eight or nine points. And I was paying attention to, to Joan Pacheco. And here's James Lesser and Donald at halftime spitting orange seeds in the back of my little fro. <laughs> <laughs> I, I did all of this. Probably about 10 orange seeds came out of my afro. So then I got a I got a half an orange and whipped it, hit Don on the back of the head. He was red and orange back here. You know? <laughs> so I snuck out onto the court and then I remember him saying, Dwayne, hit the showers. Me, Donald, and James Lazar, we hit the showers at halftime for the orange, the orange fight incident. That's what I believe Don Harrington put in the paper. Yeah. You know, mm-hmm. we were sitting out in the stands because after that, I really didn't play much because Mark Gruby's father was in jump. Yeah, I'll say it. I'll say it right here on your show, Charlie. <laughs> you know, Mr. Gruby thought I was trash. And I could hear him in the stands because he wanted Mark to play. And I understood it. I understood it. Dwayne already got his football scholarship. You know, he shouldn't be even playing. So that's when, you know, me and Darnold, we, we had our thing, you know. I was a captain. I was sitting at the end of the bench. Oh, you're going to demote me and, you know, not let me start no more? That's okay. Well, we, that's we, we started taking basketball serious because of a few things that were going on on the team. Mm-hmm. Uh, with here and there, you know, uh, different maybe fathers going to the practice and stuff like that, you know, and, and John particular. John Pacheco's ears, but uh, that that homage fight after that homage fight we had, when <laughs> <laughs> I ever hit the newspaper, the worst thing uh, Pacheco could do is put us in clothes 
and not even put us on the bench, put us in the stands. Because now you got reporter from the Standard Times wondering what's going on. And, and here's the story. Now he puts it in the paper, like we're disrespectful, we're this, we're that. But Chico can't handle us guys. And oh, the story got like blown out of proportion in the newspaper with our names on top of that to the point where we were just the bad boys after that. After that, we were like, you know, it, it was it was crazy, you know. Uh, matter of fact, a lot of the times that you, we get, we'd be on the bench. The only time, uh, especially me, I would get in the game is when Pacheco wanted to get physical with a certain player, you know, that was banging them dudes up over there, you right. know. Right. And uh, Dwayne too, you know, it's like, oh, put yeah. the football days and let me bang these Don't guys. <laughs> Yeah, you know, and it was it was crazy, but yeah, we uh, getting into our junior senior year, started taking basketball uh, less. I had less interest, you could say, and I think Dwayne did too. But Dwayne, Dwayne still played ball. He he still balled out there, so that was great. Eric, Eric was balling too. Eric, we try to get we roughing up Eric to get him a little tough because. Eric was Eric was quick. He was fast. He had a nice shot, but he didn't like he didn't he didn't like the physical stuff. So I could get under Eric's belt by being physical with him. But uh, yeah, he started he started, getting, he started getting there. You know, in his senior year, uh, junior year, he did. He did. Eric was solid, man. He had all the tools. He he could handle the ball. He was a good passer. He had a quick step, and he could hit the shot. But what sure. people don't realize too was Donald could shoot his butt off too. Sure could. Donald could shoot his butt off. Oh, let me interrupt. Let me interrupt that you guys right quick. Tell Sonny and Don, tell them how many points you guys average from all cities. Tell everybody. Well, what was your average? I, at, at that time, it was a 20 minute. At that time. I, I, I averaged about 18. <laughs> 18 points a game. Yeah. Uh, yeah. We talked about that. And Donald was – Donald was uh, – Donald could have been – Donald could have been the second leading scorer. They, our team – we played against a team, and uh, they wanted me to have the record. They wanted me to have the uh, – to be the leading scorer. So at halftime, they told me to stay at half court and, and for Donald to pass the ball to me. So Donald being Donald, he threw me a couple of passes. <laughs> and he was like, the hell with this, man. I'm scoring myself. <laughs> <laughs> I just caught the end of that story because I got bumped off for a minute. But I, I know what you're talking about. Talking about uh, when you were throwing me the ball at, when I stayed at half court, uh, Bobby and uh, Larry, they wanted me to have the, the record. And well, – uh, Donald, yeah, he threw me a couple of passes. Then he's like, nah, the hell with this. I'm not doing this stuff. Sonny, Sonny had the record. Okay, I, didn't, I didn't catch the beginning of the story. He already had the record, and then this kid, Cathcart, broke his record. So yeah. it was him to get the record back. So it was me get the rebound to Sonny's basket hanging. Uh, so I'm not going to repeat the story or not. But, yeah, I, I, could, I couldn't do that after a while. But yeah, we were the first and third leading scorers from that team. We were, we were big kids, uh, bigger than everybody. Uh, first, first and third in the in the league. In the league, 
And, and when we went to Normandon, every time we went to Normandon, because we used to play at Roosevelt, Heath, and Normandon, there was some guy that used to come into the locker room and try to recruit me and Donald for baseball. That, he, hey, I'll, I'll pick you guys up. I'll get you a glove. I'll get you a bat. He'd never seen us on the baseball field. That uh-huh. we, we had to tell Larry, hey, can you tell this guy not to bother us? Because <laughs> we were interested. And that's why I was saying, here comes that guy. Here he comes. We'll try to skate, you know, take off. So, so our, our first year, our first year, we went up against this Cape Verdean veterans team with a bunch of freaking tall monsters on that team. And uh, they smoked us. They blew us out. So the next the next year, we tried to recruit one of those guys. Uh, but he wanted to move on and go to uh, Our Lady of Assumption and play the CYO game. That was Michael Kahn. <laughs> he jumped up and went CYO ball. Left us <laughs> So we ended up losing to uh, – we lost the championship to a good team, uh, Fairhaven uh, Boys Club. And and those guys, uh, they end up – I think they won a state championship. So we're talking when we we're 11, 12 years old. Those guys played straight through to 18 years old together, pretty much the same team. Well, yeah, we tried to get Khan to play with us. Uh, we thought we would have had – a, a big guy because Khan was was huge, you know, a pretty tall guy at that time. Uh, Mike Grant was was on our team, and Mike was extremely fast, so fast that he used to forget to put the ball down. <laughs> he had a rebound and yeah. travel. Come on, Mike, you got to put it down. All right, okay. Yeah. <laughs> Again, Mike was a couple of years young. You know, when you're at that age, two years is, is a huge difference. Uh, but uh, Model Cities, uh, what a great organization, man. We had bags. We had uniforms. We had sneakers. Uh, they, they just took care of us, man. Yeah, that was Ben Rose. Ben Rose. Was, kids. Yeah, yeah we, lost, we lost. I know Dwayne. We lost. Boys Club, me, David, and Eric lost to Sonny and Donald. Yeah. Donald was putting up hooks, Charlie, from like the free throw line back there. His so Dave, was always going in. Donald had the hook shot. So Dave locked me up that that one of those games. He locked me up. Yeah. He held me. He held me to six points in the first half. I, I ended up with twenty six on Dave. But. <laughs> As we got older, I, I got a picture of going to the hoop against Dave. And I'm finger rolling, and Dave's got his hand back, and he pinned my shit. Dave, Dave I'll tell you, Dave, Dave started off, I think, me, me, him, and Sonny in the vets. He always had like an inch over us. Because me and Sonny were tall at that age, and we stopped growing. Like ninth grade, we just stopped growing. But uh, Dave you had about a, Dave Lato had about an inch on us, and then he just took off, man. It was just like, Ooh, yeah. And I was like, yeah. When he went, when he came back from California, he, I think it was about six eight when he came back from California. Yeah, the guy, guy was, you know, he's my first cousin, man, and he just like took off on me, man. I stayed short, and he just grew, man. He just kept growing. And Charlie, yeah. he's one of the Steel Brothers, also. That's why I'm representing him. Yeah. So I got, I got to represent That's him, true. you know. 
Right? Yeah, he's one of the Steel Brothers yeah. also. And, and what's good about it too? I don't know if I ever. That... Hold on, Mike. Ahead, I don't know if I ever told you guys about um uh, Ken Fiola telling me that uh that Dave Lip busted his nose with an elbow, and uh, he he says I'll never forget that because he was in so much pain and uh and and then. When Ken's telling me about it, he's touching his nose and everything. So I don't know what happened the whole game, but apparently, you know, Dave gave him a shot and uh, just playing ball and broke his nose. So, <laughs> yeah, and what's good again about the Steel Brothers is the fact that you know Dave right now is the head coach of the University of DePaul, and uh, you know whenever he comes down this way, we try to make it a point for all of us to get together. Charlie, you know, you was with us. Uh, yeah. We try to get together and and go, you know, give him some support when he comes locally. And, uh, you know, uh, that's a sign of the Steel Brothers, you know what I mean? So it, it's also great, the fact that, you know, I wanted to uh, acknowledge all the Steel Brothers. I give them, you know, a nice little bracelet, you know, showing my affection and love for the Steel Brothers and my close friends. And uh, it's something that I wanted to do and because how much I do appreciate them and so proud of all the Steel Brothers and what they've accomplished. And uh, one thing I will say is that they're all doing great. They're all doing great. But when we get together, we all the same. You know what I mean? We talk stuff. I can't say what I want to say, but we talk stuff. We do what we do. And uh, it's, it's a great thing. Hey, excuse me. Did we lose the way? Yeah, we did lose the way. Yeah. He, I, let me yeah, on Tough out in Texas, man. I got two screens. Yeah. Hey, son, what I'd like you to do, because you got a better memory than me, I want you to tell these guys about the Butler Park championship game. Against hold, New hold on one second. Yes. Oh, you got to bring that up. What did you say? Oh, no, I was talking about the Wayne. I'm looking at me and two. I got two screens there, and the Wayne's not in there. No, he's he, we lost him. We lost them. Yeah, we uh, got them. I'm speed them Texas. Them Texas. Uh, yeah, Texas. it's bad up there, man. <laughs> well, it's crazy. I hope, I hope he's all right. That's that's all. Um, that's my main concern. Hope hopefully is him and his family all right. Um, Dwayne, man, Dwayne so tough. You would survive a tornado, man. You find somewhere. Yeah. Definitely. Yeah. Mike was talking about uh. Summer League Championship. Uh, that was uh, summer of 77. And uh, we were playing against uh, New Bedford High, uh, coached by my, my brother-in-law, Ray Houtman. It was Brian, Brian Hauser, Tony, uh, Derwin, uh, Gus Hodge, Mike Sharon. And our team uh, was me, Mike Kahn, I think Roy was on that team, Derek Morris. And, and who was our fifth guy, Mike? I don't remember. That's why I had because you have you have a better memory than me. I get dementia, you know me. But, but <laughs> so, so we, yeah, and, and we were coached by my other brother-in-law, Nuno Gonzalez and uh and Paul Gomes. So game one, uh Gus Hodge saw Derek downtown and he told Derek something like we're going to play you guys today. We're going to play you tomorrow. We're going home with the hardware, 2-0. So 
it rained and we ended up playing inside the uh, rec center down on Purchase Street. So Derek comes into the locker room and tells us, yeah, man, Gus was talking crap, blah, 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 blah. So for whatever reason, I don't know if it was because we were indoors or what, but we had we had them 42 to 21 at the half. And we just steamrolled through that that game. Game two, uh, we, we played outdoors. Uh, it, it was a close game. Uh, they got us by one. We even had a, a little design to play for me to take a last shot. I missed the shot. They beat us by one. Game three, we were back on board, and, and we we beat them and convincingly. But Mike was running the point, and between Mike and I, I think we averaged like 30 points in that in that uh, championship series. So me and Mike leave there thinking, hey, you know, we're, we're playing good ball. Now that's just going to carry over to when we go to high school, at, at high school. But no, it, it didn't work out that way. But we, mm-hmm. we ended up getting them. Uh, one of my brother-in-laws beat my other brother-in-law for the championship. Mm-hmm. But uh, the it, next it, year, it's amazing that he, um, the 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 many many players in the city at all kinds of different times. Yeah, and, yeah. and there was I can think of each era from from yours before you is that there was never a time that the best of the best came together when it got to the high school for whatever reason. Yeah, and um. It, it never panned out that way. Until this day, it still doesn't pan out that way, and I can never understand it because, um, you know, when you went to the boys' club or you went down to the parks and you seen these kids play, and you're saying, "Wow, you take those two kids, you take these two kids, another two kids, you're gonna be all right," you know. And we never had that. However, in yeah. in in and if you notice, you guys notice that, um, you know, Fall River, Durfee only had, they only kind of, they only had to worry about, you know, maybe someone going to the Catholic school like Bishop Conley or something like that. But right, right. Fall River never had that problem. So their best players were always going to go right through Durfee and they end right. up having an outstanding team year right. after year. So, yeah. Um, we always had a conflict with, you know, whether it was Volk, whether it was Stang. There, it was there was always a triangle. You could go in either direction, but never those guys could never end up meeting up. Um, and that's that's one of the things. One of the things that I always looked at, and I always was saying, "Damn, what if? What if?" Yeah. And um, so I don't know if y'all feel the same way. Oh. You're, you're right on it, man. It, 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 just like you said, you know, and same thing with us. We remember before us, a couple of generations before us, and I mean, I could think of maybe one or two after us because it started thinning out, just like you're talking about, um, unfortunately. And I, I don't know if that comes from, um, you know, being guided within the community because like with, with us growing up, Man, we we had them like like we were talking about last week. We had them guys on us, man. Them older guys were on us. They make sure, hey, do good in school, go to school, play ball. 
even though some of them didn't. And and they they really kind of led us the way, you know. And 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 even before them, you had guys like, of course, as we all know, uh, the heroes in our community, like uh, Manny Costa. Um, I mean, Peter Brittle was great. Dave Ponsica was great. But uh, uh, Danny Consational Senior was great. I mean, these guys, these guys were like, you took us by the hand, man. Uh, for, for instance, a guy like Danny Consatio, man, I mean, I love the guy to death, man. The guy was great. I mean, he would he would take the time to talk to you. Like, for me, he, he was my hero because he talked to me, like, doing, doing football games, like, before the football game, after the football game. Matter of fact, he's one of the guys that told me how to get my blocking technique by not slowing up, but just going through the guy. And after that, it was all done, you know, mm-hmm. I was – that's what he said. I was going through him. But uh, to, to, you know, I'm getting a little off track on the story. We all had, like, guys that guided us, you know. They, they, they were tough on us verbally. They were tough on us physically. Uh, they, they were just great. So I don't know if that got lost, like you're talking about, like along the way as the ages got a little, you know, as we got a little older. Like, because I know I noticed when we were playing college ball, and, you know, all the Steel Brothers did play college ball, whether it was basketball or football. Uh, when we would come home in the summer, uh, it was, it was wow. You, you could see it changing some, you know. I mean, you had, you had some of the younger yeah. guys still pulling out, you know, down the park, Donald Lesser and Trey and uh, Victor. Uh, wow. So anyway, you had quite a few guys there in that, in that, in that, group that were really balling and, and doing well. Um, so, yeah, I don't, I don't know if it was the leaders within our community uh, kind of started slacking. You know, things started changing. I don't know. You know, because of the, the things that were going on in our community and our park. Because when we were growing up, as you know, it was all fun. It was all family. We were, It was great. You could sleep on that wall. No problem. And, and you know, nope. too, Don, and, and guys, what I, what I was thinking about, too, was we were knuckleheads back in the day. We were knuck, and there were people in our lives that looked out for us: Bobby Grace, Russell Montero, Paul Gomes, guys of that nature that looked out for us. You know what I mean? And you yeah. know, as I got older, I realized what uh, importance they played in, in 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 shaping us because these guys had to go work nine to five and then go down and deal with those knuckleheads. You know what I mean? And and it, it took time from their day and their families to to look out for us. And I, I do appreciate, I think that's what got me started, you know, recognizing people because of what people were doing for, for me and, and for the Steel Brothers and for a lot of people in New Bedford. And I think we've been blessed to have those mentors because I don't really know if there's that many of, a, of people like them nowadays, you know what I mean? And it's, it's I just feel that we all been blessed. And I think that we try to, you know, pay it forward in the things that we do now. Yeah. And I think that's important. And, and I, I got to share one mm-hmm. that's it's kind of a different, uh, uh, it's, it's a mentor, but it wasn't through the sports life. Uh, Petey Cabral, you know, uh, everybody thinks about yeah. him as this, this funny guy, you know, a, a clown, because he, he's, he's great to watch. He's a showmanship. But he lived two houses away from me. And I grew up with 10 sisters. So he was my big brother. And he, and he did things to me that nobody on this earth could get away with. 
And, you know, he beat mm-hmm. me up. He did, he did a lot of things. And uh, there was one particular day that that I had it. I had enough, man, that I, I freaking lost it. And I was trying to kill him. And he was excited. He said, that's what I've been waiting for. He was just trying to toughen me up because I grew, I was in a household with all women. And those are the people that we don't always recognize. We forget how how big of a role they play in your life, but you take a little bit of them with you along the way. And and uh, Mike had mentioned uh, Bobby Grace, your uncle. Uh, nice. I played Model Cities for Bobby, and the fundamentals of the game was taught to me back then. And a lot of times we'd get on the court with guys that were a couple of years older than us, and they didn't have the fundamentals because they didn't have Bobby Grace or Russell Montero teaching them at a young age so that I could box out one of those big guys and get a rebound where had they had Bobby around or somebody else like Bobby around, they may have been that much better. And and those guys, you know, that we played against, the older guys, they were talented, didn't know how talented. Um, That is is great. I mean, you you got Kenny Francis, you got – Jeffrey Martin, uh, Stevie Gomes. I mean, you can name the names and the players. I, you know, I remember when I was, you know, growing up watching Edmund Gomes and all the players that were, you know, and, and some of the guys I played with, Mickey Gonzalez. These guys were like great, man. We had we had great people to look up to. You know what I mean? And, Mickey, um, that's the yeah. best shooter I've we ever a, seen. Like you were saying, Con, you know, it was a blessing, you know. Because everything and everyone in your life is either a blessing or a lesson. And we had blessings and we had a lot of lessons. Yes. So, yeah. And Sonny said the same thing with certain people in our lives. They 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 pumped us up to be who we are and, and yeah. still stay, you know, we're we're still friends and we're all connected. Uh and, and it's and it's a blessing, man. It's a blessing. Sonny, how'd you keep your how'd you keep the Steel Brothers away from your sisters, man? <laughs> hey, it's kind of like this, man. Either you're my friend or you're theirs. It couldn't be in between. But my friends, these guys, these guys have became brothers to my sisters. I I, I don't know right. how it was blessed, but they they became brothers to my sisters, and now my sisters just get more brothers. I had a lot of friends. I'll tell you that much. Uh, but the, the guys, the guys that my sister dated, you know, uh, I met those individuals through my sisters. But my my friends pretty much didn't. We we didn't mess with each other's sisters. No, no, that was that was a rule, Charlie. We didn't Stay mess with each other's sisters. Con Con sister was older, so but Sonny, hey, watch out, why? Hey, hey. <laughs> me, me and Sonny go back to two years old and. and Never messed with the sisters because they were like sisters to me. It was a second family, you know. But yeah, it was it was uh, yeah, we had we had rules being still brothers too. Yeah. <laughs> we, put our, we would yeah. put ourselves on probation and double secret oh, probation. Yeah. Oh, yeah. We had a, we had a crazy uh, <laughs> we had rules. We had rules when we were kids and everything, man. Even back to the days where we were giving parties, man, at all these halls for the kids, they had, we had break dancers and everything. We all took different positions and had, you know, we, we 
We stopped charging the girls to come in the party, so more boys are coming to party. We had uh, Trey Lewis and Hector Barrows, Scott Ross, uh, David Consatio, all them guys. They, they were the, uh, the ice crew, the ice crew. And, yeah, and, yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. So, yeah, they, they, man, we, every time we gave a party, we had them come in and a few other break crews from different areas of the city. And, uh, I mean, it, it was something else. It was something else. Great days, man. But they have yeah, one we, group. I remember <laughs> we had the teak room. You guys are in the teak room yeah. at the band club. Yes. Yeah. 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 We had a shirt and tie and everything. The only thing I got mad about is, um, they didn't let me sing. So, but, but other than that, I mean, it went well. I mean, I thought it was pretty good. Still won't let you sing. Matter of fact, even, even so, so much, uh, you know, not just sisters within our steel brothers, uh, you know, that, uh, we, we, we had a thing even with the girls in the neighborhood. Like, you don't see that with kids, of course, now today, even after us. Because we used to go to these parties or even give the parties. And after the parties, we called them our homegirls. They would walk in front. We would walk in the back, and we all walk. They all lived in the neighborhood. So yeah, it was it was it was something else, man. It was. It was Sorry, like get them back. You know. We're in there. We're good. Did I get off? You're back. Oh, you're now. Oh. You're good now, Donald. Go ahead. Uh -oh. No, I was just saying how how you know we used to walk. We called them our homegirls from the parties and all that, you know. Uh, so it wasn't just leave our sisters alone, you know, within our group. But it was even some of our homegirls because they were practically all family anyway, you know. Whether we're going to parties South End or West End or so be it. But uh, we all looked after not only each other, but we looked after even some of the girls in our community too, which you don't see nowadays. It's a lot different. Yeah, it's kind of a free fall, but you all, you all had good sisters, and um, that's just a task in itself. Um, my sister was actually in Worcester most of the time, so she didn't have to deal with us other than you know her brothers out there, and they kind of. But if she was in New Bedford, she might have had a hard time. She she wouldn't have been able to have been pregnant for a long time. She would have been in a nunnery somewhere. Well, my sister Charlie. As soon as I went to college, she got pregnant. Nobody was. Oh man! Me. Yeah, it, it, I had to go to West Virginia for somebody to get on her to get pregnant. For her to get pregnant. Yeah. So but that's a whole story. I, uh, <laughs> I um, you know, it, it when Michael Michael Grant was talking about you know, Boston College and Doug Flutie and, and um, you know, that was fascinating for me. And, you know, I'm pretty sure you all have some stories. I heard Mike's stories and all the people that he met, um, you know, through the game of basketball or football, you know, who was that one particular person that highlighted that was a highlight for you other than people in the neighborhood, maybe someone, you know, a ball player, you know, it, you know, it could be anybody, pro ball player, but who's, who's that one, what was that one moment that you particularly okay. talking within our, Are you talking within our Steel Brothers group or outside of just, it or? Just maybe outside of that, you know, as far as, uh, you know, 
um, like someone may be fascinated with seeing, you know, Coach Lato, you know, he's coached DePaul and so on. So who is that one person that kind of, you know, that one moment you had maybe, you know, with a football player or basketball player? I could share something with Dave. I I, I think it's important to share this one with Dave Lato. Peter Brittle was uh, involved with our Lady of Assumption uh, with the uh, the basketball teams, and they were putting together fifth and sixth grade teams. And he asked me, me to coach. So I coached them for a few years, uh, and trying to to be that mentor to some of these kids because things things changed so much, Charlie, from when I was a kid. Uh, like the village was was a safe uh, ground for us. Uh, things were changing a little bit, and, and some of these kids were starting to, to get in trouble. So to make a long story short, I, I was coaching our, our Lady of Assumption, and Dave was coaching at Northeastern. And we were putting yep. together our uh, our banquet. And what we wanted to do, uh, Mike Lisbon was coaching with me. Uh, Bobby Gomes, uh, God bless his soul, uh, he was coaching as well. And we were putting together speakers for our banquet. And we wanted to show the kids from Our Lady of Assumption where some of the other kids are. And those kids being Dave Lado, we wanted uh, somebody from the uh, community. Dave was coaching at Northeastern. We got Kathy uh, Houtman. She was coaching at, at uh, UMass Dartmouth. And we got Ryan Grace, who uh, he was a student uh, in college. But we wanted these kids to see where – people in their seats were and where they are now that, and when I called Dave, uh, mentioned, Hey, we're having a bank with Dave and we want you to come and speak when and where son. And, and that in itself right there, when and where it, it wasn't like, let me, let me find out, let me figure this out when and where. And he, and he came and he, he talked to our kids. And, and again, it, it wasn't just about sports. It was about you can be whatever you want to be. Here's a little guy from the neighborhood who's coaching Division One basketball. Here's a woman from the neighborhood who's coaching college basketball. And here's a kid from the neighborhood who's getting his college degree. So those, those are the things that were important for me. And then I, on the basketball level, Mike – Con and I went to Framingham State. I, I stayed there uh, just for one year. Mickey Gonsalves, the best shooter I've ever seen on the floor, ever seen on the floor. Uh, Mikey and I can tell you, we've seen him light it up. But then there was this this other guy, Tony Lake. And Tony was about 6'3". He could palm a ball off a dribble, could cup it and dunk, and – we brought Tony out here to play ball with us, and he just he just did some crazy, stupid Dr. J stuff. But but those those were the basketball players that that I thought. And and every time I tell Mickey, he was the best shooter I've seen. You know, he's humble, and he's like, "Come on, man!" No, and, and Mike can tell you, Mickey just shot lights out. I did, when you when you talk about Mickey, it, you know, and Dave and Kathy, I mean, those those are class acts. Um, with me and Mickey, it, it was, I seen him and I, I was always in awe with him. And one day he come to the CYO and I was playing, you know, and, uh, 
and my dad was there. It's probably one of the first games my dad ever went to. But it was it was an iron moment. It was a special moment for me because um, Mickey Gonzalez was sitting with my dad, talking to him, and I happened to be in the game. Um, my minutes were always taken up by guys like David Consatio and, you know, all them. Consatio's they just ruled the roster, man, you know? So, anyways, Mickey was that guy for me for a very, very long time. And um, it's it's nice to hear that, you know, you feel the same way. Great guy. Yeah, um, great, great. Mickey was uh, – he's still a great man. But uh, the guys that stand out uh, was in basketball, football, was track, and that was Keithy Francis. And yeah. actually, Keithy Francis, nobody knows this about Kenny. He was also a good runner. Kenny used to run us around the city, man. When we used to come home from college, get us in shape. He used to say, you're running, you're running. He used to tell us, right, we're running. Hey, you guys are running with me. And uh, But Keithy, Keithy was one of the wild guys, too, growing up. Because, uh, him being an All-American at Boston College and going on to do some uh, some big things within the Division I uh, track and field. Uh, also, Keithy also became a guidance counselor when we were in high school. So uh, Keithy was a big uh, inspiration for me also uh, as, far as, as far as sports goes. Yeah, it, um, Keithy was, uh, you know, I always wanted to write a book about him. And um, and he got diagnosed with the cancer. And um, so I could never get that verbal okay to do that. And, um, you know. To me, it was Keithy was next door. That's where his mom lived, you know, right next door to us in the Bay Village. So I would always have the privilege of seeing him and Kenny. Um, you know, they they were just just icons to me. I mean, I always had my Uncle Bobby, my Uncle David. You know, I wanted to play sports only because they were playing. It was always a basketball. There was always a T-shirt hanging on the front line with them playing for some basketball team and so on and so forth. And, uh, you know, and I, I really, I mean, I played for my uncle David and Jojo Mendes and that was just, that was a good thing for me. Um, but I, I, you know, that experience at the CYO with, you know, Bobby Grace and Russell Montero, that's the experience I wanted because I was seeing those teams that were playing there. I was never going to the C. I was never going to the high school games because, you know, the CYO was closer to home. So that's where I wanted to be. Um, now, Mike, what was? Can you share a story with us as far as? Man, I would be here till midnight. Um, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> uh, you know, I, there's so many. Um, like I said, I, I've been blessed. You know, uh, I think. I'm going to have to go probably with Mickey Gonzalez as well, because as a high school senior, I didn't get a lot of offers to go play uh, division one, division two. And I really didn't know where I was going to go, what I was going to do. And Mickey had just transferred from uh, Boston state to uh, Framingham state. And I remember reading an article about Mickey hitting 21 out of 23 shots. I think I already told you the story, child, anyway. But uh, I remember that. 
And then he had asked me if I wanted to go to Framingham State. And uh, soon after Sonny and Tony DePina and David Houtman and Brian Hauser, we all went up there. You know what I mean? And I think by Mickey uh, giving me a little structure as to what I wanted to do, where I wanted to go, I think played a big major role in me going to Framingham State. So I got I to gotta put Mickey up there. And then uh, there's one story. I know I've said it before, but I'm going to say it again. And this is a true story. Uh, Sonny and I, we sat at the bench the first year, a lot. And uh, matter of fact, we sat next to each other and made jokes all game because we didn't get no playing time. But anyway, um, it was against Worcester State, if, I, if I'm correct. And Mickey, if I'm lying, I don't know. Sonny might, you know, can, can verify it. I think he hit 22 out of 24 shots. And his behind was in my face because I was sitting, me and Sonny was sitting on the bench and his behind was right in our faces and it was no three-point line. And um, Sonny may be saying I might be exaggerating. That's all I recall. So I read it in the paper. I read it and then I actually saw it, which is phenomenal. So I'm going to have to go with Mickey Gonzalez as far as that because without him, who knew, who knew, who knows where I would have ended up. So I, I, I give a great deal of, and I tell him this all the time anyway, Matter of fact, he's getting recognized. He's going to enter the Hall of Fame this year, um, which I'll be there. But um, I think about Mickey Gonzalez, and as far as pro athletes, I mean, I, there's so many of them. You can go where I can stop. The first one was JoJo White. Matter of fact, the first one was Lou Hudson that came to Bumble Park. Then you go JoJo White. Uh, then you can go – Sonny and I got to play against Nate Archibald at United Front. You can go there. Then, of course, the Dr. J stuff. And, uh, you know, playing against Pat Ewing. I mean, there's so many. Um, so I can go on and on. But as far as, you know, the most impact would probably be Mickey Gonzalez. Good. Um, what we're going to do, fellas, we're going to wrap this up. But I want to um, I wanna want you guys individually. You know, I'm always trying to get a guest here or there. So who would you want to see on this this podcast and I'm going to try to get them on this show based on your recommendation. So we'll start with Sonny, then go to Mike, then Donald. That's a tough one. Wow. Um, How about getting uh, uh, one of the things we we kind of forget about our elders and, and then we regret not doing things with them while uh while we have that opportunity yeah. uh, there's there's a couple of guys that, that I think uh you should get on uh one being Pete Pete Brittle yeah and uh the other one would be his his former partner his partner uh is uh Butch Silver from the vets you know okay. those like you know Pete is Pete we we all know what Pete's done but Butch has been doing so much to hold down uh, the Cape Verdean Vets, uh, a place that we all benefited from. Yeah. So I'm, I'm going to reach out to both of them um, and try to set up something so I can do that. Um, what about you, Mike? Uh, I've, I've spoken to you already. I, I was saying uh, maybe Robbie Mendes and uh, Marcus Hellman. Yeah. Those are my two. Marcus is doing so many things. Like, again, as uh, Dwayne was talking about and Donald and Sonny about, you know, the stuff he's doing with the Cape Verde Islands along with Eric Brittle 
And I think that uh, he would be a great guest. Uh, and uh, I'm proud of what he's doing. And I think he'd be a tremendous guest along with Robbie Mendes. We all know about Robbie. So that, those would be my two. Well, you know, I love Robbie. And uh, Marcus, I did reach out to him. So we're trying to do some scheduling and get that done. So that will happen. I appreciate it. Um, what about you, Donald? Uh, I was thinking about this while these guys were talking. You know, unfortunately, as I'm thinking, uh, my big timers and my heroes, I would call them heroes, unfortunately passed away. Uh, so, of course, they can't speak on it. Um, but I, I would I would go a little lower. I would I would go with some of the some of the younger fellas, like because uh, what brings my attention. I don't know why it's still in my head as we were doing the parties back in the days uh, with some of the guys in the ice crew, because not only some of the guys in the ice crew and ice crew, but some of them also became famous uh, with Mark Walburn, with Marky Mark and the Funky Boys and that's Scott Ross and uh, Hector Barrows. And as far as the ice crew, you got Donald Lesser, you got uh, David Satio, Curtis Cruz. Uh, wow. Uh, some of them guys I think would be interesting uh, because that was, that was a, that was a good era. Like the era below us, uh, because like I said, the era ahead of us, these guys brought up some really good guys uh, and good people to talk to. But, some of the some of the guys below us, I, I would call out them guys because, um, matter of fact, some of them did reach out to me about the broadcast last week and were inspired and uh, really uh, enjoyed the show. Uh, so yeah, I, I think I think it would be a good show for some of them guys uh, to speak on behalf of their times with break dancing and yeah, and, and everything else. You know, that's what I was going to lead to because um. Just a few weeks ago, maybe about four weeks ago, David Kahn and uh, myself, I talked about, you know, doing a podcast with the Ice Crew and oh. uh, having wow. them on. Oh, wow. <laughs> yeah. So, nope. See, I, I didn't even know that. I just kind of picked that up. Hey, yeah. great minds think alike. You know? Well, I, I ran into uh, David Consatio at uh, Toys Wake. And uh, him and Hector were there. And, and, and when I left there, of course, uh, I'm sad about Toy uh, passing away. Uh, yeah. mm. Time, I think I started thinking about them guys with, with our broadcast that we didn't even mention them because uh, that, was, that was some good times. I was giving them parties and the guys dancing in the parties because it was, uh, I mean, if you was there, you could never forget. There's something you can't forget, you know. So I'm gl- I'm glad you talked to them already. I didn't know that. Great. So, but uh, I appreciate you guys. There's nothing but love here. No, no hate whatsoever. I, I'm I'm glad that I was able to watch you guys throughout the years, and now I have a a, a good friendship uh, with you guys. Um, my boy Michael Grant. Hope hopefully he's feeling better. Eric Brito, I hope y'all doing well. And Dwayne, I hope everything's safe in Texas. But um, I just want to let you guys know firsthand that, um, you know, I love you guys and, and keep things up. And keep the good work up. If you need me, call me, Sonny, all the stuff that you're doing. You yeah, know, let me feel just, free. Let me just say a little bit about what I'm doing, Charlie, because uh, I, I think 
people in our community, uh, uh, some of them are not aware what I do. I, I, after retiring from corrections, I, I've been working in the drug and alcohol treatment field. Uh, and there's a lot of us that are struggling. And a lot of us don't know where to go, who to call. Uh, I'm not going to call Sonny because he's going to talk about my stuff. Uh, the last thing that I do is is put somebody's information out there. Absolutely. It, it doesn't cost a penny to give me a call. Uh, I'm not even going to throw out my number, if I may. Yep. Uh, you can reach me at 508-808-3049. Uh, if you're struggling with drugs or alcohol, or if you have somebody that is struggling with drugs and alcohol, uh, I'll do my best to, to help you get through that process. Uh, and, and the biggest thing that I can say about that is, it's confidential. Um, Still Brothers can tell you, uh, I was one of the best drinkers, and and it's been uh, just uh, I mean, <laughs> almost thirty years since I've had a since I've had a drink, uh, and life has been good for me. It's been great for me, uh, and I can still be the stupid guy to have you know, the fun guy, and I'm one of the best designated drivers you could have. Uh, Sonny, why, let's repeat that number one more time. I'm going to put it in the comment section. 508 808 3049. Sonny has some stuff, man. Calling yeah, it in. It's, 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 um, to anybody out there that's struggling, and you're definitely going to be speaking to someone that's very um, caring, and he's definitely going to get you in the right place where you need to be. So, Thank you. Thank yeah. you. Um, Mike, I know I'll hear from you soon. Uh, unfortunately. <laughs> I love you, bro. Charlie. I love you, Charlie. Hey, Bye. Charlie, thank you. Thank you, Charlie, for everything you you're doing. Again, I I can't say it enough. I mean, your show is well reviewed, well received, and uh, you know a lot of people look forward to uh, seeing your shows. Um, only thing I ask is one of these shows I'm going to have to sing. No. I'm going to have to sing. Ready? Other than that, I'm good. You know, what I mean? secret probation for that, Con. Uh, yeah. <laughs> I saw him singing at the bomb shelter one time, and, and then he was looking for help because he couldn't remember the words. <laughs> yeah. Love you guys, uh, man. Thank you, Tom. Still, still, still. God bless, man. Thank you. God bless you, man. Love you guys. Thank you, everyone. Um, we went, we went over our time, but that's, that's all good. You know, when you have people like the crew we had tonight, it's definitely well worth it. Um, and I'm, I'm glad that everyone is, uh, listening and viewing these podcasts, especially in these times where we have to give people their flowers while they're standing. And I'm all about that. I'm all about an education, inspiration, inspirational story. And um, 
these guys have done it for to me for me for decades and um i'm glad i was able to view you know everything that they have done you know the good bad everything because following these guys footsteps is where i want to do and and where i want to go because i have no hesitation in following the lead of anyone that's on this screen tonight because um that's what it's about it's about a community that we lived in and we try to raise each other always be there for each other and that particular name steel brothers just speaks for itself there ain't no solid more solid group that i know or, or they're one of the most solid groups that i know um and it's been going on for decades so if you can kind of emulate these guys with your friendships please do it will last 50 years plus so mask those beautiful faces hand sanitize your hands and wash them stay safe COVID is still around. I love you guys. And uh, God bless.